Welcome everyone. It's Eagles 360 Eagles insider Dave Spinero along with Joe DeCamera on an absolutely beautiful Wednesday at the NovaCare Complex. Feeling the vibe. It's football week here in Philadelphia and the Eagles getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys. A healthy Eagles team, Joe. What does that mean as the Eagles get off this bye week and get ready for the stretch? It means you get your best players uh, to play as much as possible, which is key, Dave. Some of the players, of course, that the Eagles were counting on at the start of the season. Look, this is a big game up ahead versus the Dallas Cowboys. Sunday Night Football, the bye week, it's done. And you want your best guys in there. That means, you know, uh, of course, hopefully Jason Peters, Nelson Aguilar, who's, a, you know, the expectations were big contributions from him this year. You want to see a better second half from him. Obviously, it starts with being healthy, the opportunity, the inside linebacker rotation, getting Michael Kendricks back, perhaps Kiko Alonso back in there. Obviously, Bill Davis and Chip Kelly will have some decisions about playmaking uh, and, and time, you know, dispersing the time out there between the, the inside backers. But, uh, hey, look, it's good to be healthy. It gives you a shot. Yeah, and Jason Peters, I mean, I think he kind of has to play <laughs> in this game against Greg Hardy, who's just been so good as a pass rusher for the Cowboys. Nelson Aguilar, can he add some punch to a passing game that really has lacked consistency. The Eagles taking Aguilar with the 20th pick in the first round, and he was the receiver that most of the draft Knicks said was the most ready for the NFL game. We'll see if he's able to contribute to the Eagles' passing offense, which really, really needs it. A lot of drops, a lot of inconsistency, and going against the Cowboys' defense, Joe, that I got to tell you, really surprised how good they are. Yeah. I know that Hardy's a, an impact player, yeah. Randy Gregory, a good player. I thought the loss of Orlando Skandrick would really hamper this group. It doesn't seem to have done too much. No, it's the offense, obviously, for Dallas. It's struggling without Romo. But what the Eagles did in week two versus Dallas, you know, Eagles offense versus the Dallas defense, it was a struggle. And as we talk about areas for the Eagles to improve, you touched on it, Dave, as far as what Nelson Aguilar and the other receivers can do. Because if you go back to week two and the struggles, the Eagles have actually improved in a variety of ways. The offensive line probably being the most prominent way the Eagles have improved but it's the outside, the, the receivers, the passing attack, the lack of the vertical game that I think to many of us prior to the bye week stood out as the, the number one area the Eagles really got to get better. Yeah, and I got a sense in the locker room these first two days of the week that that Eagles offense, they were embarrassed big time by that week two loss to the Cowboys. The offense shut down really almost completely in that loss to the Cowboys, the Lincoln Financial Field. So round two comes Sunday night. Let's get you caught up with everything happening at the NovaCare Complex today. Alex Smith, our Eagles 360 update. Hi everyone, I'm Alex Smith and this is your 360 update. Another day of work here at the NovaCare Complex as the Eagles get set for Sunday night's game in Dallas. Today we heard from offensive coordinator Pat Shermer and a number of the Eagles receivers on fixing some of the drop problems from the first half of the season. You know, I like to, I like to hope that's the case because we've seen these guys catch the ball very, very well and at a high level throughout their careers and they've done it for us and we just got to Get those bad plays out of their system. I think, I think Jordan uh, and, and, and the drops. And I mean, I've had uh, you know I've had one, and um, Jordan's had a couple, and um, I think Nelly's had a couple. Um, that stuff just kind of I mean, those are growing pains. I mean, Sam takes an unfair amount of uh, blame for mistakes that we made, and me being the number one person. So he's putting the ball in play for us. We just have to go out there and make the plays, you know. But as, like I said, you know, I can sit here and say like, oh, as a receiver group, we gotta do that. But at the end of the day, I can only control one person. And that's Jordan Matthews. So for me personally, I have to go out there and help him out because I think just the the blame that he gets on a daily basis is really unfair. He's putting us in really good positions to win. We just gotta go out there and make the plays. You know, as a receiver, I gotta help Sam out. I gotta be his best matchup, and I have to create separation. And if I'm not doing that, he, he can't feel comfortable going to me. He can't feel like, uh, you know, he can go outside. I, I just, so I think I have to do a better job as an individual. 
Also speaking at the podium today was defensive coordinator Bill Davis, who spoke about just how far this defensive unit has come since the start of the year. We put a huge emphasis on it, and we've got the dummies all around the building. We really believe since the beginning of football that that stat, the takeaway differential, has been a huge stat in wins and losses. So uh, we put a lot of uh, focus on it, and the guys have it on the front of their mind. Therefore, it's, 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 been, it's where we're at at the halfway point. We need it to be there at the end of the season. We also heard from Eagles quarterback Sam Bradford, who spoke about clearing his mind a little bit during the bye week and coming back recharged and ready for an NFC East showdown. Um, a little bit of both. You know, I think, uh, you know, early in the week, you know, it was good to kind of look at some things, um, but then really just kind of tried to get away, you know, just kind of clear my mind and get a break. So that way, you know, when I got back here for this week, I was fresh, ready to go, you know, ready to attack the back end of the season. And finally, an injury update here from the NovaCare Complex. Linebacker D'Amico Ryans and left tackle Jason Peters did not practice today. Meanwhile, Ryan Matthews and Brian Brayman were limited, while Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Bear, and Kiko Alonso were all full participants. And for all the latest Eagles news, be sure to keep it right here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Thanks so much, Alex. We've got a lot to get to in today's show. Joe and I will talk about some of the adjustments the Eagles need to make in this second half of the season. We'll talk with Bill Davis, Eagles defensive coordinator, in studio. A good one-on-one -on -one with him. But when we return, it's a little time for cover two. We're going to talk to a couple of reporters about this Eagles team. What do you make of a three and four Eagles roster at this point in the season? The tournament is there. You're here. And before you take the team's star midfielder from here to there, along with his entourage, you have some things to do, like finding a place to stay, getting an oil change, mapping out the best route. Yes. Are we there yet? No. Roadside assistance? Not today, but always on call. So wherever your journey takes you, AAA helps you get there. So everyone's a winner. Start your journey at AAA.com. The train. Route 124. Route 23. I sent the Philly, the 17 to training. Jenkintown. To her house. His house. To Betsy's house. City Hall. FTC. Delco. Media. To work. To school. To the mall. Abuelas. Broad Street. To the game. I sent to Philly. Anywhere. We're back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Joe DeCamera. Time now for a little cover, too. Chris McPherson bringing into studio a couple of Philadelphia beat reporters. Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice and Tim McManus from Birds 24-7. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris McPherson, and welcome to this week's edition of Cover 2 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. The Eagles were big winners during the bye week, losing no ground in the NFC East as both the Giants and the Cowboys lost their respective games. And to look at what's Coming ahead for the Eagles, I brought in two of my favorite journalists here. We got in Tim McManus from Birds 24-7 and Jimmy Kemsky 
from phillyvoice.com. So, gentlemen, as we look ahead to the second half of the season, the Eagles are 3-4. and four. Big Sunday night matchup for the Cowboys. Who needs to step up for the Eagles in the second half of the year? Um, Jordan Matthews, and I'll double down on Jordan Matthews. I think Jordan Matthews is going to have a really long, really productive career, but just so far this season it has not gone well. With the drop, he has drops. Josh Huff has had a drop in the last game. Miles Austin's had drops. Uh, you, you go right down the roster. I mean, they have more drops than, than any team in the in the NFL. So the, the wide receiver production has to be has to pick up big time. They just have to make the catches that they're supposed to make. And really, a big problem is the wide receivers aren't making the quarterback better, and the quarterback certainly isn't making the wide receivers better. Bradford has been, in my opinion, a major disappointment for the first seven games of the season. He's got to pick it up. And if, if the Eagles can just play average offense the rest of the way, they do have a defense that I think can carry them clearly to an NFC's title and possibly make some noise in the playoffs. All right, so Jimmy, with that in mind, why should fans be optimistic for the final nine games of the regular season? The defense. <laughs> <laughs> defense has been great. Uh, defensive line, obviously, with Fletcher Cox and Benny Logan, and now you have, you know, Cedric Thornton, who was out for a little bit, is back. You have the linebackers across the board. You have, you know, Kiko Alonso is going to be possibly returning this week against the Cowboys. If Jordan Hicks, who stepped in and just played phenomenal football with Kiko out and with Michael Kendricks being out and D'Amico Ryans, of course, Mufasa. And then you have the outside backers who really haven't had great production numbers-wise, but I think have actually played fairly well in Brandon Graham and, and Connor Barwin. So that front seven of that defense with the back end also playing uh, pretty well, in my opinion, as well, especially the safeties. I think that defense is just a really complete unit that, again, can carry them through the rest of the season. Hey, Tim, your reason for optimism. Oh, we're going optimism here? I optimism, thought you were going to yes. the other side here. And I, well, I would, we'll get there, you know, yeah. the I would say look at, look, at the, look at the numbers on defense and the, way, the rate in which they're taking the ball away from the opponent. Yeah. And they're right up there with Denver. And Denver's playing crazy good defense. And, and the Eagles have been, too, for the most part. And if the offense can just get out of their way in large part. Now, that's not the way that Chip Kelly is wired. That's not the way that this operation is set up for the offense to kind of take a back seat. But if they can just, if, if Bradford can be a better game manager, if they can stop turning the ball over and sustain some drives, a little yeah. bit of consistency going on, then they can do something. All right, Tim, flip the script. Why should Eagles fans be not so optimistic about well, the, down the stretch here? Do they have the horses on offense to, to be competitive? Uh, to get the job done over the final nine games and, and do something in the playoffs. The hope was that Sam Bradford was going to kind of take this team from good to great. Uh, he hasn't done that in his career yet. I mean, and that's just the facts. If, in St. Louis, and people gave different reasons for it, but he wasn't able to, to elevate them to the next level. So far, and it's still young in, in this time in Philadelphia, but he hasn't done that yet. So is the quarterback good enough? Are the wide receivers good enough? Is the offensive line deep and good enough? in order to make it to the finish line and make some noise. And so that's where the pessimism will creep in. Okay, Jimmy, your yeah, chance. Um, again, it comes back to me. It comes back to the quarterback for me. He's uh, seven games in, and he's, you know, obviously coming off the two ACL tears and hasn't played since the middle of the 2013 season. So there's an argument to be made while he's just still kind of knocking off the rust, which, all right, so I get that to some degree. But I think at least through the first seven games, you'd like to see some sort of flashes of, of what he can be. And I don't think we've even seen that. We saw it in the preseason a little bit against the, the Packers and, and just the way he played um, leading up to the season. But in the actual games that have mattered, I don't really think he's shown much of anything. And if you ask, if you ask the question, what does Sam Bradford do well? I think it's really hard to come up with a, a really great answer for that. So he's got to really turn it around play better this year, or play, play better as, as, as in the second half of the season. And then I'd go offensive line, too. I mean, 
Jason Peters went down last week, or two weeks ago rather, against the Panthers. And, you know, I think they adjusted well enough to a certain extent in that game. But as the game wore on, Jared Allen eventually was able to get to Sam Bradford, and they were able to get pressure late in that game. So I do think if they do have a guy that goes down at some point during the rest of the season, they don't have a lot of depth there and, and could suffer. All right, he's Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. He's Tim McManus from Birch 24-7. I'm Chris McPherson. Thanks for joining us in this week's edition of Cover 2. We'll see if the Eagles can get on track Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, boys. Good stuff on Cover 2, as always. We've got a lot to get to. Yeah. Bill Davis in studio. But when we return, Joe and I are going to talk about some of the adjustments the Eagles have to make from the first time the Eagles played the Cowboys, and it was an ugly one, wasn't well, it? Well, I don't think we want to see a replay of that. No. Not, 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 not at all. No, that, so, was a, that was a bad one. So we've got, we've got, we've got the adjustments sure. that the Eagles need to make to win this game on Sunday. We'll be right back. What makes a temple owl? Meet Stella. She's wise, fierce, and she's not alone. Temple University, where owls call home. We are the cherry and white. The city is our classroom, and we lead the rush hour, making our mark on every field around the world. A world without temple, well, that's like the sky without the North Star. Temple, never stopping. I got tickets, metro tickets. You need a metro ticket, talk to me, please. How do I even know these are real tickets? Yeah, you know, you just touch it. How do I know they're legit? Is this leather legit? I mean, how do we really know? It looks good, right? Is the metro paying you to do this? No, I'm paying myself. I gotta oh, make profit. That makes more sense. Does the baby need a metro ticket? I'll give her one on me. These tickets, they're not stealing your soul. You can look at them. Man, nobody wants to buy tickets from a guy on the street. I don't understand. Experience the power of physical therapy at NovaCare Rehabilitation. We know the importance of an active lifestyle. If you're currently injured, let us bring that active lifestyle back to you. NovaCare is the exclusive provider of physical therapy to the Philadelphia Eagles. And with more than 100 convenient locations throughout Philadelphia and South Jersey, go to NovaCare.com today and request an appointment online or call 800-770-6682. The Eagles choose NovaCare, so can you NovaCare. The power of physical therapy. Dunkin' Donuts is helping more boys and girls get in the game this year. For every Eagles touchdown, Dunkin' Donuts will donate $250 to Good Sports. To learn more, visit goodsports.org slash Dunkin' Philly. We welcome you back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Joe DeCamera. Time now to talk Eagles and Cowboys and adjustments. The first time around, Joe, it was ugly. The Eagles offense, absolutely, as Chip Kelly said, an embarrassment. Yeah. So let's start on the offensive side. What's the offense need to do better on Sunday night? Well, just to remind folks, it was a 20 to 10 Eagles loss back then in September. The Thanks offense for the reminder, Joe. Total disaster, yeah. and DeMarco had nowhere to run. 13 carries, two yards. Now that was really the epitome of when the Eagles' offensive line was just in complete turmoil, total disaster, particularly in the interior portion of the offensive line, which really struggled that day. As we remember, Sean Lee, uh, Dave, really was was dominant in that game, and. You know, when you go back to, to what happened and, and what I believe Chip Kelly should look to do differently, there was a, there's a simplicity to the Eagles' offense, and it's part of what enables the Eagles to run a fast tempo, as we know. The Eagles run a fast tempo in part because it's a simplified approach. You can get plays in quickly, but it's also a, a schematic approach that defenses have the opportunity to game plan against and has some advantages in that regard. I think Dallas really benefited from that. 
That was a time in the year when the Eagles were in, in the shotgun almost literally every play. Mm -hmm. It was also a time of the year back then, week two, when the Eagles at that point were running 81% of their runs to the opposite side of where the running back was lined up. And we can just see Sean Lee. <laughs> he was just seeing the play. He was, you know, coming right down the line. He was meeting DeMarco Murray, and DeMarco was getting crushed. So, you know, I think by diversifying, Dave, what Chip Kelly's offense is, and frankly, making it harder for Dallas to game plan. And, and, you know, Chip has changed things a bit since then. There's been more under center. There's been a couple play action passes, not as much as I want, but there's been some. I want to see more diversification. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know what diversification does for you if you're not executing the basics. I think the Eagles need to, let's, let's be honest, and I don't know the answer here, but they've scored 10 points in the first quarter of games this year. They're 2-4 and four when opponents score first. And somehow on Sunday night, look, they've had two weeks to get ready for this game, come out with a great script, and maybe it is diversity. Maybe it is hitting them with something that they haven't shown on tape this year. Score first, make the Cowboys get out of their comfort zone of running the football, pounding it, playing for field goals. Make Matt Castle beat you with some early points. I think that is such a huge game. Dave, I think that's fair, but I'll go beyond that. Because to me, let's, let's talk about the Sam Bradford and the read option. We know the Eagles don't run a real pure read option at this point. But consider this. There's a lot of mesh handoff points where, you know, it's going to be the decision. Am I going to hand the ball off on Bradford? Am I going to hand the ball to DeMarco or the other running backs? Or am I going to keep it? And keeping it oftentimes is to drop back and, and pass the ball. But as we know, and I've seen it on film, I look at the film every week with Jaws, and I cannot begin to emphasize enough how overwhelmingly obvious it is that there's room for Bradford to run. I'm not asking Bradford to be Kaepernick or Cam Newton or, or any of the great Russian quarterbacks in the, in the span of NFL history. But I'm telling you, there's six yards. I'm not looking for 13. I'm not looking for 15. I'm just saying, Dave, take the six yards. Because I'm telling you, the six yards is there. Mm -mm. Take the six. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Are, is it because he can't do it or the knee? Both. Both. Six I, yards when you're When your average third down gain is seven <laughs> plus yards, right? That's what the average on the The Eagles have been third and plus seven on average right. this year. I'm not exposing Sam Bradford. Instead, I'm asking for better execution. Catch footballs. Block better up front. There are receivers open, so Sam has to deliver the ball timely, more accurately, get something going in the red zone, which has been a huge disappointment this year. They brought Sam Bradford in in large, in, in large part to be a better red yeah. zone quarterback, and he hasn't been a better red zone quarterback than Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez last year. So if the answer is read option, run Sam Bradford, yeah, it may work one or two times, Joe. And that may, that may be enough, mm -hmm. okay, to keep, keep the defense That's up. what I'm saying. Keep but I don't, honest. I don't think they're going to stay honest. I don't think one or two Sam Bradford runs will ever keep a defensive end out here. And I don't disagree with you, Dave. And that's why I'll take the six yards, and instead of having the third and seven, which you're right about, that's what it's been, I'll take the second and four. I'll take the third and two. I agree, Dave, with basically everything you said. I'm just asking, sprinkle it in. Like, if I got some, some salt here, I, I'm just I'm sprinkling it in. But I just in. think the offense has, <laughs> needs more than a sprinkle. I think the offense needs more down the field. I agree with that, too. The pa to me, the passing game has been the disappointment more than the running game. I, th I, think that's, I, I think that's fair. And the one thing is Bradford has gotten good protection in the passing game, and that's where it's disappointing, both from a Bradford standpoint and the outside receivers. Dave's exactly right. The, the Eagles, the, the, the play design has got to get the players down the field more. Bradford's got to see them better. That's clear. He's got to be more accurate with the passes. But also, <laughs> as Dave said, Hey, guys, when the ball's there, please, please, please. Yeah, and, they, and they worked on it. And look, there, there are enough issues with the offense that you're right. Yeah. I'm, we're all yeah. right. We just want more points. Yeah. All right, so defensively for the Eagles, I think the whole objective here is to stop the run. 
The Cowboys have been really challenged without Tony Romo at the quarterback position. They do have Des Bryant back. I expect Des Bryant to get a couple of shots down the field. The Eagles are going to be tested. I think Jason Witten is a huge, huge area uh, player. He, he controls the middle of the field. He's going to require a lot of attention. I like Kiko Alonso in that matchup against Witten. But to me, Joe, the, if the Cowboys play it the way I think they will, they're going to come out and try to smash mouth the Eagles just like the Carolina Panthers did. Yeah, the Eagles obviously had their worst run defense in that game, giving up over 200 yards. And, you know, I'm not really particularly fearful of the Dallas Russian attack, as we know Joseph Randall uh, now off the team. Uh, and with the quarterback scenario of what Dallas has, I mean, I think the Eagles have a real opportunity in this game to have a, a quality defensive performance. Now, I still in the second half of the year want to see greater pass rush from the, from the, from the, the guys on the outside. Chip downplayed that a little bit yesterday, Dave, you know, talking about the As heat. Bill Davis today, right? Yeah, he views the, the pass rush kind of a cumulative effect. But here's the bottom line. I mean, what, what Fletcher Cox is doing and his success isn't – listen, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are different players. Fletcher Cox is doing his job. I want to see Brandon Graham get to the quarterback more. I mean, that's, that's a simple way to look at it. Chip and Billy Davis can say anything they want about they clump everybody together. Well, I don't clump everybody together. Fletcher Cox is doing his job. I want Brandon Graham to do more. All right, so we, we've outlined it a little bit for you. And, of course, the special teams – They've got a little payback as well. The Cowboys blocking a Donnie Jones punt, returning it for a touchdown early in the second half of that week two game. So special teams need to yeah. step it up as well. Yeah. So that's that's our adjustments. Simple, right? Go out and beat the Cowboys on Sunday night. Hashtag beat Dallas. When we return to Eagles 360, we're talking defense. Bill Davis, defensive coordinator, joins us. When you get away from smartphones and video games and tablets, it's amazing what you can really plug into. This season, shop the brands you love, plus thousands of items on sale now. Sports Authority, all things sporting good. Chips? Fellas? I'm sorry. <laughs> we were daydreaming. About that VIP tailgate and game tickets? Uh, yeah. And that pregame sideline experience. Exactly. We have an Eagle season tickets. How do you know? We both have the new instant game from the Pennsylvania Lottery. Yeah, the Eagles instant game with top prizes of 50 grand. And second chance prizes including season tickets. The Pennsylvania Lottery. Bring your dreams to life. We welcome you to our exclusive interview with Eagles defensive coordinator Bill Davis, presented by Wawa. Coach, welcome back from the bye week. Thank you. I know it was a time for you to get some relaxation and also to do some self-scouting and talk about the defense here. Um, what kind of progress you make through seven games in the big picture? Well, we, uh, from game one to the last game, we felt like we were making steady progress. Now, the Panther game was not as good as we would have liked it, so we felt like there was a little bit of a step back uh, in the run game, and it really was just little minor technique alignment issues uh, that we had been so disciplined in. So the self-scout really was encouraging in, in the growth that we have going on, and we're hitting some goals like the uh, 
points allowed per drive and the turnovers, which are big indicators of, uh, of playing, winning football. And uh, you know, so th that was growing. But uh, you know, there's some other areas that we saw. Hey, we need to put a little more attention on those things. I came up to your office after the win over the Jets, and you talked about wanting the players to own the defense yeah. with so many new players, particularly yeah. in the back end. Have you seen that ownership progress through seven games? Yeah, we have, especially with the guys that come new to the system. Uh, it's a foreign language. It's the best way to relay it is, although they know these techniques, but you're saying it a different way with different terminologies. The defenses are called uh, a lot of times some different words. So it takes a while to really settle in, to have a lot of reps, to make their mistakes. I, I've, I've always thought that the more mistakes you can make in the offseason and training camp, that's where true learning happens. So uh, you know we've grown through some of those mistakes, and, and the guys are buying in. And, and you can see, the way I can see the ownership is when they have ideas about scheme on the upcoming opponent, or within a game, they say, hey, you know, coach, that one tool we have of a deuce call, can we use that here when they align like that? Absolutely. Now they start understanding how the different aspects are, and tools are used, now you got something. And then does that allow you then to expand the scheme to really get into things that you want to get into coverage-wise? It does. It really what we try to do, they're really, the more football I watch and, and be around, and there's years and years of it, you either have the middle of the field open with the safeties or you close it. Everything inside of that is just different forms of middle open coverages and the tools you use, no matter what you want to call it, cover two, cover four. It, it's just... It's the tools you use. So the guy's really understanding when we're splitting the safeties, what tools are available, and when the middle of the field is closed, what tools are available, that's where you have uh, the communication on the back end. And they've taken a huge step this year. It really seems that with Walter and with Malcolm, having converted cornerbacks who can cover, who can mm. play the run, or intelligent guys, has really allowed you to communicate better, open up the defense, and have a lot more success with those X plays. Yeah, those are our quarterbacks. You know, the, the middle backer, D'Amico's a quarterback for us and, and sets the front seven. Uh, and then in the secondary, we need, when we split the safeties, they both own their half of the field. When there's a post safety, they, you know, one is a quarterback. And, and they, having smart, intelligent, instinctive safeties has made a huge difference for us to, to expand the package and to apply tools within a drive. You know, a lot of times you, know, you, you hope the drive ends when, when a major mistake happens so you can get the guys to the sideline and get the thing fixed. Well, when the drive is going on, if you have the veteran and intelligent men out there, they can fix it in the drive, you know, in between plays. And that's when you really have something special. I know you weren't happy with the run defense against Carolina. Do you think it stung that front seven, the front, the group that you have? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We take a lot of pride in, our, in, in all aspects of it. Uh, but stopping the run, and, and, and again, it's as simple as one or two guys not fitting where he's supposed to fit. I mean, it is... It takes to play good defense, 11 men doing their job and handling their, their part because it's all affected. You, the D-line affects the linebackers. The linebacker affects the D-line, safeties, alignments, you know, uh, tells. Anything you, you have that can give a, a coverage away affects everybody. So it's all attached to each other. And as you, as you have one guy misfit and all of a sudden that big run happens, and all of a sudden there's a plus 40 run on you. And then all those other, all the good stuff you have. 25 runs of two and three yards, and that 140 crushes the, you know, the, uh, the total, the total we, game. We've all enjoyed the early success here of Jordan Hicks, and he's a rookie. He seems so much more mature than his years. What kind of responsibility do you feel comfortable putting on him? Can he handle everything? You know what? He's he's grown in a position. That, that Carolina game plan, because of the the different types of run game that came at us, we put a lot on his plate as a as a quarterback, calling it, you know, getting us in and out of. I give him two calls. 
you know, we're playing this call unless they're in gun, then I want this call. And uh, he did a great job of communicating and executing it. So for a rookie, that was about as hard as it gets. And he did a nice job. Bill, it's Dallas on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. No Tony Romo, but they have Des Bryant. I mean, we're trying to figure out what that offense is capable of doing. What do you see from them? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been tough on them because they've had three quarterbacks over the course of this season, three running backs that they've been moving in and out of. Uh, the receiver, Des, has been out, and now he's back in. So there's a, uh, a little bit of shift in the old line. Uh, so what, what they've done is you've seen different games. What we're trying to do is just say, okay, when McFadden's a running back and Castle's a quarterback, what are they showing and who are they? Uh, and I think they're trying to discover who they are. What running game works best for McFadden? What is the best passing game for Castle? So as you move through, you're kind of studying in small segments of who we think they're going to be versus us. Then you take into account their plans against us last year and uh, this year with the same coordinator. And then you say, okay, you kind of put it all together and, and you try to stop what they, what they want to do and do best and make them go away from their best players and, and try to beat you that way. How did Dez look from a physical standpoint against Seattle? He looked fine. Yeah. He, he's back out there. He, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete that heals very fast. And uh, he's chomping at the bit to get out there. And uh, we expect the ball will go to him often. Bill, Matt Castle, when we played him a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. really athletic game, big game against the Eagles. Uh, your thoughts on him and what he brings to the table? Yeah, he's a well-rounded quarterback that's uh, seen and played a lot of football. So when he comes out there, and, and we know even last week he made a couple uh, third-down conversions with his legs. He sees the field well. Uh, he's learning that system so you can see the growth happen. I know they haven't had the success that they not, not a lot of people have the success against Seattle that they like, uh, but he is... He's getting more and more familiar. The running game is kind of being a little bit more uh, tailored to McFadden, and he's having some success. So uh, you can see it getting better week in and week out, and Matt Castle is a, uh, is a great decision maker, really. Bill, thanks so much. Good luck on okay, Sunday. Okay, thank you. The train! Route 124. Route 23. I sent to Philly, the 17 to training. Jenkintown. To her house. His house. To Betsy's house. City Hall. FTC. Delco. Media. To work. To school. To the mall. Abuelas. Broad Street. To the game. I sent to Philly. Anywhere! Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. Try a one-week fantasy football league on FanDuel today. Home to more winners than any other site. Go to FanDuel.com for your free account now.
We are back at the Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Joe DeCamera. We're going to have a bonus segment for you online here uh, this week. It's going to be Joe and I talking about the Eagles at Dallas, some memorable moments, some good and not so good. You yeah. got one as a tease here? Oh, you want good or bad? Either one. Well, bad's as bad as it gets. It's Tommy Hutton dropping the ball. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that. Good? I mean, uh, give you that. How about James Wilson, Troy Vincent? How about that from 96? The year before, both games, Ray Rhodes games. Look, it was unbelievable. And James Wills intercepted that ball, the lateral to Troy, boom, all the way down the field. But then the next year, Tommy Hutton. Oh. Trivia, trivia question, Tommy Hutton. Who made the big catch for the Eagles to get the ball down into field goal position? I believe, I think it was Freddie Solomon. That's right. Well done. I'm going to go, by the way, with the Pickle Juice Game 2000 opener that season. Deuce Staley, big game. Jeff Thomason with the big T in the end zone. <laughs> and that was the dawn of the Andy Reid era. So what's ahead here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our Amoroso's On the Menu segment. We've got a lot coming your way. We're going to have a little behind the enemy lines with David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. Some bold predictions from Glenn Macnow on Thursday. Merrill Reese, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, another Eagles-Cowboys game to talk about. And that is always something special. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's a good one on Sunday night. Joe, we'll see you here in studio on Sunday. Complete coverage of the Eagles and the Cowboys right here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. For Joe DeCamera, Dave Spadaro, we thank you for joining us today. Have yourselves a great Eagles Day.